episode 35, Hey Love Podcast. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey, love. Good to have you. My name is Carthy Masters, and I'm your host for the next 20 minutes. I have much to share about a term that I used to throw around a lot. The term is bloom here. I came up with it about 12 years ago because it was becoming more and more clear to me how important it is to plug in right where I'm planted. So it's been like this ongoing conversation with God ever since then. And I feel like anytime he deposits a message like this, he wants us to share it and pass it on. So I'll be flying solo this week, expounding on what it means to bloom here. Back in the 70s, there was this song that went, If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with. There were so many songs that we sang along with back in the day. I had no idea what half these songs were even talking about. I didn't know what I was singing. I never paid attention to the lyrics, right? It was just a great feeling song. I liked the way it made me feel. I never knew that it was basically encouraging us all to engage in adultery and all sorts of fornication fornication outside of marriage. Is it fortification? No, fornication. Oh, nonetheless, that is what is playing in the back of my mind as I'm recording this episode. So, who are the ones that you're with? Like, who am I even talking about? You may be wondering, what is she even talking about? It sounds like the question the young lawyer asked Jesus in Luke 10, who is my neighbor? Well, basically, after looking at that passage of Scripture, which is also referred to as the parable of the Good Samaritan, it's really anyone that God sets in your path. I've heard teachers say, make an imaginary circle around yourself, and whoever's in that three-foot radius around you, that's the one you're called to love. So I take this idea of bloom here to mean just that. Fall in love with the people in your church, in your neighborhood, in your house. Plant and cultivate and grow right where you are. Unpack your bags. Hang some pictures. Stay a while. You may have heard me talk about a drama troupe that I put together years ago by the same name, Bloom Here. And in one of our sketches, we illustrated the ministry of three hands. You reach an imaginary hand out in front of you to someone that you look up to, somebody older and wiser that you see as a mentor or leader. And then you reach a hand to someone beside you, a peer or a friend to walk alongside you. And then you reach a third hand out to someone I know you don't have three hands, but you pretend. This is all sanctified imagination stuff here. You reach a third hand out to someone who's coming up behind you who needs a little guidance. So front, side, behind. Why is this important? Why am I even bringing all this up today? I'll tell you why. I'm passionate about the concept of Bloom here because what I saw then and what I'm seeing even more of today is a major shift in our culture. I know that sociologists probably saw this coming years before I did. I'm not a scientist, but I can tell you that I've been concerned about some of the patterns that I have seen. I'm talking about myself here, too. I'm an introvert. Maybe you've guessed that by now since we're on our 35th episode. For many, many moons, I had a hard time plugging in, getting involved, unpacking bags, and hanging pictures myself. I always had this tendency to sort of keep things surfacy, you know, 
We moved a lot as a family when I was young. I and I got kind of used to starting over every time we moved. A new life, a new school every couple of years. So into my college years and adulthood, even I always had that in the back of my head that if things ever got messy or heated, I knew I could be packing up soon. I'd be out of there. I always had an out. So when we got married, Blair and I, I it wasn't like I could just flip a switch and stop feeling that inclination all of a sudden. I had a really hard time settling in and settling down. I didn't hang any pictures on the wall. I didn't make myself too comfortable. Never wanted to feel really at home. And in the back of my mind, I always just wanted to leave myself an out in case anything went south. We moved a lot early on in our marriage just because I was always so restless. Once I started seeing this pattern, I mean, it was pretty much in bold capital letters before me, but it still took me a long time. I finally could begin to deal with it and get to the root of it. I mean, I knew something was broken inside me, but I didn't know what. And now, even after some soul excavation, I can still go days without seeing another human. That's just my tendency. I'd really be happy just writing in my journal, reading one of the four or five books I'm currently into at the same time. Not even, like, I have to consciously think about it. How many people have I seen today? Have I hugged my husband today? I have to be deliberate about breaking myself out of this introvert trance. That is repentance for me. That's how I repent of my natural bent. Sometimes I actually set an alarm You know, I work in Pomodoro's, which is this productivity hack I learned years ago from this. uh, It's an Italian method. Um, This Italian guy who works in blocks of time. So my blocks, when I'm writing, they're usually about an hour long. I'll work for a a good solid hour. And then when I'm editing an interview, it's different because Pro Tools can just mess with my brain. So when I'm editing an interview, I usually take a break every half hour or so. I set an alarm either on my phone or on the oven. Um, but either way, I have to get up and go turn off the alarm. So back to the patterns. It seems that whether a woman is an introvert or an extrovert, we generally have become pretty fragmented as a people. We're more isolated than ever And technology has made it scary easy to stay isolated. We don't need other people, or at least we think we don't. We've been duped into thinking we don't. I was at a conference recently, and I heard a lot about global issues, which is so great. It's so important to have a worldview that instills compassion for people in different parts of the world. But I got to tell you, I I kept wondering Is anyone going to talk to me about plugging into the place that I call home? Is anyone going to encourage me to um, minister to my neighbor next door or get knee deep within my local church body? I've had a couple of women say things to me like, I mean, and then they meant well. I mean, it was really a compliment. Um, But I've had a couple of women say to me, maybe I don't need a mentor. I can just listen to your podcasts. And while I am so encouraged because that implies that they think there's quality here on this podcast, and I'm really flattered that somebody listening would think of me as sort of a mentor. But I always say something like, well, that is so cool, but this show cannot be that for you. 
And to the ones I know personally who say that, I always say something about, you know, thank you. But you need somebody who's going to be able to look into your eyes and listen to your stories and tell you the truth. You got to have somebody with skin on to get next to. Over the years, I've been mentored by several different women, and I've mentored about a dozen or so myself at different seasons in my life, but it's just not the same. I mean, reading a book or listening to a talk online, that just doesn't have the same effect. The point is, you got to have somebody who knows like the names of your kids or somebody who maybe knows your birthday or somebody who can say, you know what, the way you talked to your mom back there, you might need to apologize for that. That wasn't cool. She looks a little hurt. I have a dear friend who had a steady stream of neighbors and friends coming in and out of her home as she was battling cancer. The treatments made it just about impossible for her to raise her arms. And at one point, she told one of her friends who happened to be bathing her at the time, giving her a little sponge bath. My friend said, There is a stink somewhere, and we got to find it. Today, we're going to find the stink. we got to let people in close enough so they can help us know where we stink. Sometimes we can't smell our own stink. A true friend is going to tell us, and in some cases even help us, sponge off the stink. Over Lent, I tried to create a new habit of taking in the Word every day before taking in food or before taking in social anything. I really think it helped. Every morning, it's become a habit I don't even think about anymore. I open an app and I read along in my physical, leather-bound, handheld Bible. And there's just something about the feeling, you know, the weight of the Word of God in my hands. And hearing the sound of the silky pages turn, it just does something to my soul. Don't you love that feeling? Well, a lot of times after I read through the app devotional for the day, I'll journal and leave a shorter version of what I've journaled in the comment section on the app. And I like to read the comments left by other readers too, not only because I find it to be edifying, but I also like to get a feel for what women are thinking about. A lot of times I find myself praying for those who leave like a specific request and, you know, just taking in what they name as their needs or pain. I get something out of that. I identify with so many of these women. Well, some time ago, I read one girl's comment, and I remember that one in particular because she was reflecting on the kind acts and miracles performed by Jesus. The writer had posed the question, Now, how can you show kindness to your neighbor? Her response, this sweet participant in the app devotional said, Well, I had been thinking about sponsoring another microloan for a women's group in Africa, and after reading today's post, I feel so inspired, I'm going to go hop online and do it right now. You know what? That is great that this precious woman felt inspired to do something. It's so good that she found a way to put her resources to good use, to really think outside of her four walls, to think globally. It's all good. But I couldn't help but feel a little sad, too, because she never mentioned anything about showing kindness to anyone in her immediate sphere, in her three-foot radius, you know. Some of the subsequent comments that followed on the app did allude to the fact that sometimes 
It's easier to be kind to strangers than it is to serve the ones under your own roof or in your own church. And there's the rub. Sometimes it is easier because it's low risk. I don't have to really be known, you know, to, when I'm sponsoring a child on the other side of the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do these things. Don't sponsor a child. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, there's a compassion video of a little African girl on my Instagram. She will just take your breath away. You got to go watch it. It's like this little girl is flirting with the camera and she's got the most hypnotizing eyes. I could not stop watching her. So I posted the whole thing. But what I'm saying is doing that has never required much for me relationally. I mean, we write letters back and forth and sometimes we stick in a picture, but for the most part, I don't have to be very vulnerable with these children or the sweet adult reps who translate our letters for us. Well, one time, Mother Teresa was asked by a reporter, what do I need to do to change the world? How do I do that? And Mother Teresa's response was, go home and love your family. That's it. That's Bloom Here. That's, that's my whole message today. Grow deep right where you're planted and let your love splash onto the ones right around your little pot in your three-foot radius. So here's a challenge in practical terms for you. It's this. Every time you sponsor one of these beautiful children through compassion or world vision or feed the children or or give money to end slavery or another anti-trafficking A21 organization or every time you pray for a cause on the other side of the world or sell handmade jewelry to benefit AIDS victims in Africa or or every time you want to sponsor a microloan somewhere like this sweet girl was doing. Again, I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm saying do. Yes, by all means, go do those things. But also, for every time you do one of those things, go and have a face-to-face conversation with somebody. Extend one of those three hands in front, to the side, or behind you. Maybe this means going next door and chatting with your elderly neighbor and hearing about her glory days. Maybe bring her some flowers. Or ask a young mom in your church if she would like a meal next week and ask her if you can sit on her couch for 10 minutes while you drop it off and maybe you could hold her baby and give her arms a break or go take a coworker to tea or lunch one day schedule it get it down on the calendar with her having eye to eye conversations with other people is just as important as meeting needs in different longitudes it's critical In closing, I just want to say this. You know, sociologists are are telling us now that the key to happiness is serving other people. And I think this is a great start. But we cannot forget that true service is born out of love. My pastor, Rob Sweet, talked about this very thing in a recent sermon. I'm going to link to it so you can hear it if you like. It's such a good message. True service, he says, is an overflow of love. My dear friend Amy Sheehan is a great example of living out this kind of service propelled by love. She talked in her interview a couple of episodes back, episode 33, about her best friend, Miss Janice, who happened to live in the housing projects. 
I've seen Amy with these women in the government housing, and these women are not just the people that she serves. She truly loves them. They are her friends, and she especially loved Miss Janice. That was her best friend. So what are your thoughts on this idea of bloom here, of loving the ones you're with, serving them propelled by love? Do you find that it's easier to display kindness to the stranger behind you in line at Starbucks? Is it easier to pay it forward to them than serve your own people in your own house or in your own church? I'd love to hear what you think about all this. If you feel challenged or inspired or encouraged at all by this episode, can I get you to please write a review? If you've had a chance to listen to a few of our episodes, go over to iTunes and let others know what you think. I would sure appreciate a good rating, and so I'm so thankful for your feedback, and I know others are too. If you've been looking for a gospel-centered podcast all about relationships, you got the right one, baby. Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead and subscribe, and maybe share an episode with a friend. Just a couple of ways for you to live out love. Till next time, bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. You can't be with the one you love. Love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Crosby, Stills, and Nash.